0: Hey guys, GBC podcast number is 65. I'm Courtney Weiss. I'm
1: Shane Blankenship.
0: Woohoo! 65.
1: We're getting there. I know. Almost to 100.
0: Ever ever so slowly. (laughs) This last time it was my fault though. All right, so I have to tell you something.
1: Okay.
0: Hudson, do you know what a frenemy is?
1: Yeah, it's a friend that becomes an enemy or an enemy like, they're supposed to be your friend, but they're kind of an enemy.
0: Do you have any? I'm sure you have one.
1: Uh, I don't know. I, I'm sure. I, I used to have frenemies. Probably like. when we were younger. I yeah, th- I don't. Yeah. I can't. I can't think of like one right now that I would consider a friend because I just wouldn't be their friend anymore.
0: Yeah. Well, you're a guy too. I think it's different. <laughs> um, well, so I have two girls, and um, they're kind of going through the mean girl stage, mm-hmm. and we have um, a possible frenemy <laughs> on the radar. Yeah.
1: Um, and which is. I mean I guess it I guess it happens at all ages but I feel like Especially junior high. Mm. It's horrible about that. Yeah. Especially junior high girls are so mean to each other.
0: Well, we're getting prepped for it because we're in, the, like, the fifth grade. You yeah. know, like, it's it's getting ready to start. And so it's just this, it's the telltale. It's the situation, everybody's been in it, where one person gets everybody to get mad at one person. Mm-hmm. And so there's your gang up on your friends. And then, like, the next week, it's you. Everyone's mad at you. And then the next week, everyone's mad at me. And, um... My child is an alpha-like personality, and so I feel like she's um, probably going to get the brunt of it quite a bit. Yeah, un- until she figures it out. Probably so. Um, and so I've had a hard time trying to, like, biblically pick someone out of the Bible because I don't know it like you do. I mean, I do the best <sighs> I can. You know, I'm clearly in the Word a lot, but just not like I don't know it like you do. I'm like, who? Who is someone that was like, you know, had a lot to be jealous of? and then everybody got jealous of them and they had to find their way around it Mm -hmm. and I was like, David. Would that be a really good example? And so I did some searching. And I I mean, I I felt like David was a good, you know, he had a heart for God, right? And so I mean, I do think that my children are being instructed in the ways of the Lord. Mm -hmm. Um, Although we're human, right? They're going to make silly mistakes. But I said, you know, David was surrounded by people that were telling him what to do. Like, how did he know whose advice he was supposed to listen to? Mm -hmm. And there were people that were jealous of him, and Mm -hmm. he had to you know, pray for wisdom and move on. So that was my, te- that was my big fat teaching lesson.
1: <laughs> no, I think, how it, did yeah, I do? I, mean, <laughs> I, know, I think, cause I think David is a great example. I mean, early on from David, I mean, once David, well, actually even, I was about to say once David, um, you know, is credited with killing, um, Goliath when, you know, when he slays Goliath, that's where some real jealousy starts. But, but, but it happens before then, you know, um, when all of, Jesse is David's father. When all of Jesse's sons are lined up for Samuel, the prophet, because God sends Samuel there to anoint the next king. Yeah. Um, and so, he, you know, basically he tells um, Jesse, hey, bring all your sons in. Um, you know, God's going to make one of them king. Mm-hmm. And he brings all of the sons in except for one, David. David's not even in it because Samuel you know, kind of walks the line of the sons. And he's like, do you not have any more sons? Because God's not telling him anything. Um, he's like, well, I got one more. They're not even considering David, you know. David's out you know, shepherd boy out in the, he's out working. Mm-hmm. Um, so they call David in and, and turns out, you know, David is the one. And so you got that immediately there from his brothers uh, there's a little bit of jealousy. So when they go off to fight the Philistines and David comes out there, they're basically like, What are you doing out here? Just bring us food and yeah. go home. Like, what you don't a, belong you're so here,
0: dumb. Kind of you're thing. the youngest one. We're not listening to you. I can see it.
1: Exactly. And so David, you know, he slays Goliath. Um, and you've got that whole you know, that whole scene. Um, and then Saul very quickly realizes how popular David is um, and um, how meaningful he is to people. Like, yeah, you know, people are singing his praises. So what Saul do? Brings him in close. Because this guy could be an enemy. Right. Um, and there's all kinds of jealousy because, you know, they even made some song up, you know, where Saul kills thousands, but David kills tens of thousands. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just unbelievably jealous of David to the point where he's, you know, he's shooting arrows at him and, or throwing spears at him and trying to kill him. Um, it's, it's, it's just a crazy story. David goes on the run. Um, while he is on the run with his, you know, married men, if you will, um, there's a guy named Nabal. Nabal uh, the story of Nabal and Abigail. It's a phenomenal story. Um, but Nabal is a um as a shepherd, if you will. I mean, he has these massive herds of sheep. Um, when he is shearing them, um he David sends his men down to see if he could get some basically some supplies um from them. So he knows that, you know, not only was he already wealthy, he's about to be a lot more wealthy, he's about to sell wool. Hey, can you can you help us out? Uh, we, we need something out here in the middle of the desert. And um basically the boss says, "No. I mean, who is this guy? He's on the run. Um, I'm not. I'm not supplying him with anything." Well, their hmm. their counter was, uh, "Look, you, you know your people, your servants, your women, even were out in the field. Um, they were shepherding the sheep. Not one of your sheep were harmed, and not one of your people were harmed." implication is we could have we could have just taken what we wanted yeah you know uh, you can't fight us <laughs> I mean David I mean he's, he, he's like,
0: he's a good fighter he's a
1: great fighter his guys are great fighters like like they are special ops in the mm-hmm. ancient world it's like you know we could have just did whatever whatever we wanted but we did not do any of those things and David is hoping that hey we provide a protection could you could you show us a little kindness right because um, we're in need now like we didn't ask for anything before but now we got a need and the boss like no I ain't helping y'all um, and so David is you know, ticked. Um, and I could go into the stories. It'll drag it out for me to go in the story, but ultimately well, like, why does it Nabal want to help him? I mean, there's all kinds of jealousy there. Yeah. Um, um, among other things. So you, you've got that. And then David has his sons and even his sons, not all of them, but some of them certainly become jealous of his power and of his, of his position um, and become an enemy to David. Yeah. Um, you know, even plotting to you know Absalom um, is at one point plotting, and involved in a plot to to dethrone and and, and kill David, so that and he could sleeps the with next his king.
0: wives. Like, oh yeah, isn't that the ultimate? Um, what do you call it? <clears throat> embarrassment to a king. No,
1: absolutely. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think David is a. I think he's a great uh, illustration of that.
0: Yeah. Well, that's what I used. And I, I didn't have anything else. And she said um, she said something like, how come all this stuff happened so long ago? Like, how come we don't see God part the Red Sea today? She didn't, maybe didn't use that example, but whatever the example yeah, yeah. was in the 11-year-old tongue. And I just kind of looked at her like, why are you asking me such <laughs> hard questions? <laughs> yeah, And I, I just told her that he does. And the only example that I had at that moment it was just the church and how much it had grown since we got here That's a good example. and that the first time she came here she didn't like it she wanted to go back to our old church because there was more kids and I said just wait they'll come yeah. and sure enough we're busting at the seams yeah. you know so I feel like you know that's a small miracle in itself sure. actually not small at all so that that was just kind of like how I instructed her but you told me to kind of think of it from a different Scripture, and I really liked how you said that.
1: Yeah, um, so I mean, from the from the whole you know miracles perspective, for sure. Like um, I, I do think miracles happen; um, they still happen today. Um, and you know, we we think from the from a biblical perspective, for those of us who follow Jesus, been around it. I mean, we know all these stories are foundational stories to the faith. Um, they're evidence of of you know God at work in the world of who Jesus is. So you have all these things. But I think we forget sometimes that, you know, we're just getting a little glimpse, a very, very small glimpse of everything else that's going on in the world, you know. Um, and so when we are talking about that earlier... Oh, yeah, yeah, he split the Red Sea, but there's a lot of other stuff happening over in Egypt. Um, you know, we, we get a little glimpse of the Egyptian army pursuing them when, that, when it all happens, but there's a whole bunch of other stuff going on. Um, but not to mention what's going on in Babylon, what's going on in Assyria, what's going on um, in Germania, um, and you know, which was you know Europe back in the day. There's all these other events that are happening all over the world, and not everybody knows about the about the Red Sea splitting, you know.
0: And they that, didn't that, get to see it. Like, the people in Europe yeah. didn't get to see it.
1: That's right. <laughs> there And there certainly is no press like we have press today, right, where news can spread very, very quickly mm-hmm. over an event that happened. So, so yeah. So, to us, it looks like, gosh, these huge events happened and these amazing things happened. And, and everybody and they, in the whole world saw it. Yeah. Like, everybody knows about it. Why does it happen like that anymore? And I would submit that they do happen. Um and they happen in a lot of the same ways. And are they are they big miracles where you know God is splitting the Red Sea open for people to walk through? No, because I guess God didn't have a whole bunch of people in slavery for them to split the Red Sea and walk through. But I but I wonder what Jew that was liberated from the concentration camp would think the same of God sent an army? Like you know, and I'm just gonna go with. Auschwitz because it's the most um, notorious yeah if, if you will maybe not even the most deadly but certainly the most well known um, concentration camp at the time um, but when the United States army shows up to liberate a camp did some of those Jews think thank you God you sent an army to rescue us what a miracle because we were going to die we, we watched hundreds thousands tens of thousands of other people die and we were just waiting for our return but then we didn't die we got saved you saved us and you saved us because you sent an army
0: yeah they weren't Yeah, I can see what you're saying. They're not thinking that that was God.
1: Yeah, or or maybe they were, but the rest of the world isn't looking at it that way. It's just like that was part of the war, and this is how things came to an end. But for for them, maybe it's like God did did the miracle. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Because, yeah, God brings them out of Egypt through the sea. He does that specifically in that way in that moment. But he'll never do it that way again. He never did it that way again. Mm -hmm. Um, He would use water in other circumstances, which is interesting. Um, But with Babylon, when they go into captivity in Babylon, God says, I'm going to rescue you after 70 years. How did he do it? He didn't split a sea again. He sent the Assyrians, a military. He sent an army to save them from the Babylonians. Interesting. So they
0: didn't see it the same way. If a a miracle
1: is is the work of God happening then you got to classify that as a miracle
0: well and we can't like put god in a box and be like he split the sea this is how he's going to do it every time yep, that's this exactly is the right. sign that we need to look for the the water's going to start bubbling and this is how you know so yeah. in in her 11-year-old mind and even in mine good lord 40 years old just thinking like a human mm-hmm. like okay god's done that before he can do it again but you're right it's he doesn't work like that and
1: it is part of his plan right it's according to his plan and i think it's it's important to remember that perspective because you got somebody who will tell the story of you know, I, I had cancer, and it was all over blah, blah, blah. You know, whatever the, whatever the condition was, they tell the right. story. And, you know, people were praying over them, and, oil and oil, you know, whatever the, the thing is, they go back to the doctor, and it's gone.
0: Right. And then it's, someone else has it, and...
1: And then they die from it. Yeah. You know? Ugh. Um, it's
0: a good... It's...
1: You know? Yeah. I, and it would probably be futile for us to, to try to explain away why it happens for some and why it doesn't for others. I think the only explanation, and it's—I don't know that it's a good explanation for some people, especially for going through the thing, but it's according to His plan. God's going to work something through it, and for the person that He gives the miracle that they needed or they wanted, I'm like I don't know how He's working in, in yeah. that, but there's probably a reason for it.
0: Well, I think regardless, like I, I need to just really hone in on that she should still love this person, her, her me, Um, because that's what Jesus has told us to yep. do. And so, and that's what you just kind of,
1: Yeah, that was the scripture that I that part, I gave. Yeah, which yeah. It's, it's funny. Um, I was talking to somebody else in the hallway last night who said, man, I wish you would teach about you know, this. And I was like, dude, I'm teaching about this on Sunday. Nuh-uh. Um, so it was, it was kind of cool. And then you brought that up and then this is what I'm talking about on Sunday. Hello, so God, um, um, it's from Luke chapter 6. You can also find it in Matthew. Um, but Luke 6, 32 through 38. And um, it's the, it's the, it starts off with Jesus saying, If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those who, from whom you expect repayment, and what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners expecting to be repaid in full. And then Jesus says this in verse 35, But love your enemies. Do good to them, as in your enemies. Do good to them and lend to them. Your enemies, by the way. Lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great and you will be children of the most high because he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful just as your heavenly father is merciful. So that's, a, that's a powerful word. I think it is hard to employ. You know, yes. it's simple. It's it's such a simple word, but it's hard to to employ, um, because who in the world wants to love their enemies? Not why, me. Why? Why would anybody do that? Like, what what's in it for you, right? Like, yeah. what what's, what are you? What do you get from them out of that? Like, if you try to love people who won't love you, they're just going to take that and abuse you with it, you know? You're, they're going to walk all over you. They're going to, I mean, you, you name the bad thing that could happen as a result of it, and there's probably a lot of bad things that could happen. So, yeah, that's not the way the world works. And it's 100% true. It is not the way the world works. But you're not of this world anymore. And if you follow Jesus, you don't belong to the world. You belong to Jesus. You belong to his kingdom. And so uh, we see this in scripture where it says um, um, that you are in the world, but you are not of the world. Mm -hmm. Um, We are of the kingdom of God. So we come from a different kingdom. We belong to a different king. um, And our activity is going to reflect who we really belong to. Um, So kind of a sidebar, but it goes right along these lines. Um, Jesus makes a comment to the Pharisees at one time that you act the way you act. You are mean. You are ugly. You are hateful. You will not see the miracles. You will not, you know, you will not recognize what God is doing right before the very your very eyes. Um, he says because you're just like your father, yes, the devil, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is a hard accusation. So, but essentially, he's like, look, your activity, your behavior. Um, I'm linking it to who you belong yeah, to. Yeah, you're reflecting. You're reflecting that. Mm-hmm. So those of us who belong to God, then we reflect Jesus, and Jesus, Jesus becomes the reason. Right. Everybody's got a reason. Everybody has a motive behind what they do. Good, bad, indifferent. You know, I don't think the motive is always. I feel like when you say everybody's got a motive, it's automatically negative. Like what? What are you really up to? Like For there's sure. an ulterior motive. Well, yeah. But that's not what I mean when to say everybody's got a reason or a motive. A
0: motivating factor.
1: Yeah. There's like maybe you just love the person and yeah. that's why you're why you're hey i'll help you out cuz you you actually care about him you know him you got a relationship
0: well that's a testament to how backwards this world is though is that when you just love someone that we think it's a motive
1: <laughs> oh, oh exactly you right know. right but there's and, and certainly there is a reason but Jesus's point was well of course you love people who love you and Jesus' point even sinners do that. He makes, the, he, he makes that statement. So, so what credit is that to you? What favor is that to you is, 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 is what that word actually is? Because um, you there is no favor in caring about someone that you care about. But when you care right. about, when you're merciful to people who are not merciful, when you are kind to people who are unkind, when you are loving to people who will not love you, Now you're reflecting Jesus. You are reflecting your father in heaven because that's exactly how he is. And that's the reason, right? That's the point. So we do this not because of what we can get from them or what we want from them. We're not doing this for them. That our reason, our motive is Jesus himself.
0: So like the way that my brain can put this together is um, like a sacrificial love because you're kind of like putting off what your flesh wants to do, which is like, I don't really Mm -hmm. like that person. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you're just kind of being like, okay, God, like, I know this is what you called me to do. I'm I'm going to do it anyway. And so in my mind, I'm like, it's the way that you can sacrifice, like sacrifice yourself, sacrifice your flesh for God.
1: Absolutely. And I mean, Paul, Paul puts it this way that we offer ourselves as a living sacrifice. Yeah. Um, And it's a constant giving over. It's a daily giving over um, of offering ourselves to God. And so, yeah, I think it's a simple thing to wrap your mind around. It's hard to employ, it's, it's so hard, hard to, to actually put into practice and to exercise. And the only way you get to do that is fixing your eyes on Jesus. Yeah. And, and I think that God, in his goodness, says well, I know he says it. He says it specifically. He says, um, but love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great. Mm-hmm. Like there's this, there's even this I'm mean, I'll reward you for it. I know you need something out of this. I'm going to give you what you need out of this. Don't worry about getting it from them. Don't worry about what they say. Don't say, do or don't do. It ain't coming from them because you're not doing this for them. You're doing this for me. The reward is connected to the reason, right? The reward is connected to the reason. So Jesus says, um, if you're giving in public or you're praying in public because you want the praise of men, then your reward is the praise of men. That's what you get. It's so good. But when you do some things in secret, in private, where only your Heavenly Father can see, uh, when when only your Heavenly Father knows about, well, then your reward comes from your Heavenly Father. That's so, I mean, this is all connected. It's all, right. it, it. it is all working together in the counsel of what Jesus is calling us to.
0: Well, if you guys have been listening to this podcast for any length of time, you know that I think in like pictures. I'm a very like visual thinker, but it makes me think of like some of the old Catholic stories, maybe even like Fatima, which I don't even know if I'm saying <laughs> that right. But didn't she put like pebbles in her shoes or something? Anyways, it was just a reminder that it, it's like, if let's, let's pretend like we put rocks in our shoes today, like it would just be a reminder to like sacrifice, sacrifice, Mm -hmm. you know, the whole like self sacrifice and that you just said, the reason is the rewarder, you know, I mean, like, so some of us get tattoos on our skin so we can remember stuff like that. But if you need to put rocks in your shoes,
1: (laughs) go for it. Absolutely. I mean, God throughout the old Testament is always giving them reminders, but then even Jesus did that. Talked about this on, on Sunday at Easter. Um, that, you know, the, there's really two sacraments that Jesus gave us as a church. Um, one is baptism. Uh, baptism is a sacrament. Um, you know, that outward proclamation of, of faith, that visible representation of being buried with him and risen with him. Um, and the other is communion. It's breaking the bread. And what's the purpose of communion? What's the purpose of the Lord's Supper? Breaking the bread. To remember.
0: Yeah, and yeah, Often yeah, as yeah. you
1: do this, do this in remembrance. and I me. Mean, it's a reminder. Same thing, yeah. Because God knows we're going to forget. You know, God knows we'll we'll you know we or forget human. as fast as we walked away from the mirror, um, and we we forget things and some things we get good at remembering, some things we don't, and the 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 only way we get better at following Jesus and becoming more like Him, well, God, he he transforms our life by the renewing of our mind. So you know there there's your starting point right there, but there's something to fixing our mind on Him and there's something to spending that time with Him and. And on Sunday, I forgot to do this at the 8.30 service on Easter, but I did it at the 10.30 service, and I called people um, to, to pre-decide something. Mm-hmm. Um, and my point at that one was, like, some things, it's just better if you decide beforehand. And um, I just casually asked the question, like, you know, who who's still go, getting after their New Year's resolutions or their, their goals they set yeah. for the New Year? Um,
0: and you heard silence. Yeah, well,
1: there was like six people who hand, and we were like, all right. I was like, uh, and I'm still after um, mine. I was like, but what I know that I have to do, I either do this before I go to bed or I do this first thing in the morning when I wake up. I have to decide when I'm going to spend time on that thing. Like I, I'm going to make time for working on this. Um, and I'm specifically leaving out what it is because doesn't matter. Um, but I'm going to make time to do it and this is when I'm going to do it. So mm-hmm. I decide that day to do it. I pre-decide. Mm-hmm. I've decided before the day ever gets going, sometimes even the night before, this is what I'm going to do. So some things are better pre-decided. So the, the question that I really threw out to the church was, um, why don't you pre-decide if you're going to remember what Jesus said?
0: Oh, that's so good. Yeah.
1: Remember what he said when, when you're up against a thing, when you're in the middle of something, when something happens, when something throws off your schedule and your plans don't go as planned, those kind of, are you going to remember what he said or are you going to go off of what you see?
0: I'm going to go off of what I see, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, most of the time we do, right? I mean, it's we're, like, and that's what I told
0: at, Hudson. I'm like... In the moment, like, we ha- that's, that's the secret, right? In the moment, when we're upset or when we're in school, you know, with all this worldly stuff, we got to remember who, where we came from. And that's, that's the secret sauce. It's hard.
1: Yep. Yeah, that's in, you know, that was at the heart of the Easter message. You know, what, what, changed, what changed it for the women who were at the tomb? When they came to the tomb to find Jesus, and then they found the tomb open and emptied and nobody there, they're freaking out. They're losing their minds. Yeah. When the angel appears to them and speaks to them, what changes for them, the angel says, remember what he said? Yeah. Remember He's what he like, told you when he was in Galilee? And then he reminded them what he said, and then it says, and then they remembered what he said. And it's that moment that changed everything yeah. for their, for them. Not, by, but They were still looking at the exact same thing. There, the, the scenario did not change, right. but now they saw it differently because they remember what mm-hmm. he said. So, gosh, remembering is a huge part of our faith. There's some things that we should forget. I made that comment on Sunday. Absolutely ought to forget, let go of, you know, stop holding on to. But there's some things that we got to remember, too. And I would submit as followers of Jesus, it is what Jesus said. But if, if you're not pre-deciding that, you're not going to. If you haven't rehearsed that.
0: Well, I think it's it's like rehearsing. And, you know, earlier we were talking about just, like, raising our kids and how much we talk to our kids about Scripture and these principles that we're discussing. But, like, you know, right now at 11 years old, and Marshall's, what, seven?
1: Yep. Well, he's going to be seven in June. So but, you he's almost I mean,
0: it's like... I think it's the, it's layering over the next 2 million years. Right? Like it's, it's just, I'm like, she's good. I mean, I'm 40 and I win some and I lose some and I lose some more than I win some. Yeah. And so I'm just like, all I can really do is just keep layering it on for her and hope that like maybe someday she catches me in the act, which is not going to be very often. I mean, I sin so bad every day, but I think that the remembering thing is—is is I think the the more you do, or the rehearsing what you just said rehearsing mm-hmm. it's like the more you do it the better that you get absolutely so I think rehearsing is is really I think that's where it is.
1: There's something to rehearsal and to practice. I think you know, yeah. like in the um in in the CrossFit world, um to take it there for just a moment, you know, someone who. Someone who can do double unders or someone who is efficient at rope climbing or someone, you know, people who are really good at that or hopping on a pegboard or whatever, like these things. Yeah, but they've they've got a lot of reps in. Mm -hmm. They've they've rehearsed it, rehearsed it, they've done it, um, and they they became more efficient at it. Um, So it's true in the CrossFit world. It's true in the military world. Um, You know, if there's a mission that we're going to go out on um there are going to be rehearsals before that happens and the more rehearsal you get in chances are the better that mission is going to go um and you rehearse the contingencies you rehearse um here's all the bad crap that could go wrong here's the plan but we already know that once bullets start flying the plan is probably going to go out the window so we need to pay attention to contingencies the better more the, the more specific the rehearsal is to the mission, the better that mission is, is going to go almost every single time. Right. And so there's something to the rehearsal. If you have not trained for it, you will not respond in that way. Mm-hmm. You know, if you haven't, if this is, you know, uh, Hannah and I, my, my wife is a school teacher. And every year before school starts, they do – the Warren County Sheriff's Department comes out and they do some very realistic right. um, shooter training um, where they fire blanks uh, from weapons in the school. And they, um, you know, <clears throat> have um, explosive simulators, um, which are, you know, they make the sound, they go boom, um, but there's no shrapnel or anything, you know, damage being caused by the by the explosion. Um so it gives people a real feeling of what's happening when gunshots are being fired and people mm-hmm. are yelling and screaming and, and stuff is going off. And she's like, I just hate it. I hate doing that. I hate the way it feels. But we talk about, yeah, but it's important. Um, it's important that if you hear it later um, in a real scenario that you've heard it before because you'll know what to do. Mm-hmm. If you haven't, you won't know what to do and you'll panic. You'll, you'll do what everybody else does. And so they compare school shootings to other school shootings or like the one in Nashville. And... Um, you know, though the officers that responded on that scene were completely different than the officers that, that responded in the, Uvalde. yeah, Uvalde, um, scenario. They were ready. They were ready. They uh-huh. trained for it. And even though that team had even specifically worked together, they had all trained for it. And so they were able to come together and form a team based off of the same training Yeah, and, and execute and go. And, and, you know, unfortunately, you know, the people who died died, but they were able to subdue the killer before more people died, right instead of that those casualty numbers going up. Mm-hmm. And there you go. You got a rehearsal, a practice, putting things into practice. Take that and apply it to faith. and it becomes a game changer in your walk with Jesus.
0: Well, I, Shane, I love this so, so much because, um as you know, like I'm writing a book and it's about mm-hmm. the fruit of the spirit, um one of them being peace. And you know, Paul is like, man, Contentment so hard for me, I considered it a mystery. Like, in so many <laughs> words, he says that. And I thought it was so funny. I'm like, even Paul says peace is so hard, or contentment yeah, is yeah. so hard to come by. It's so hard for him to um, get to that he considered it like a secret or a mystery. And yeah. so in, in my writing, I was like, you know, to me, like, finding contentment or finding peace is a skill. It's a, it's a skill that we have to put to use like every single day. Mm-hmm. And now that we're talking about this, I'm like, it ain't just peace. It's all of them. It's, it's love them. and joy and peace and patience, all of them. You know, is is just like the the continued pursuit of blank. The continued pursuit of what you know That's, fill in the blank. Absolutely. And so I think, although you know, getting back to Hudson and having a friend of me and everything that we were just talking about, employing the scripture that you uh-huh. you had about.
1: Um, Loving your enemies Loving your
0: enemies And do not judge And all that kind of stuff Like It's a What is it called A real life training um,
1: Absolutely She's got She's got She's got a real life Real world scenario Real world scenario To put it into practice Yeah Here's an opportunity Which is That's a beautiful opportunity Let's learn this in the fifth grade
0: Yes I, well, and, and her mama being a writer, and that's pretty much the premise of my entire books. You call it pre-decide. Yeah. I say that every single morning we wake up in a battle. Like, are we going <laughs> yeah. to find the fruits of the Spirit today, or are we going to find whatever the opposite of that is? Yeah. And so that's, that's, that's it in a nutshell for the wise house. It's pretty much what we talk about every <laughs> single day. But yeah, like, I mean, I don't feel like I started thinking about things until I was like 30-something. Sure. And I'm like, surely by the time she's 30-something, maybe some of this will stick.
1: Yeah, hopefully. I mean, And and that's the hope, right? Because um, we all probably have things that we look back on and say, Man, I wish I'd have known this then. Or I wish I would have learned this then. And I think that there's probably some of those things that we could have. And there's some other things that, no, we just weren't going to be able to learn it that way. Mm -hmm. We were going to learn it when we were ready to learn. Mm -hmm. Um, And we were ready for
0: it. I love that you said the, the rehearsal and to predecide, decide mm-hmm. f- I feel like those are two like buzzwords that we can remember in the moment, yep. you know? And um, you know, for me, skill work, I, I can level with skill work. Like I know yeah. I know what that means, I know what it entails and I'm, I'm up for the challenge, yeah. you know? So I think finding your buzzword and posting it or writing on your hand or something like that, just pre-deciding that like, this is what I'm gonna remember in the moment, you know? Absolutely. That's really good. I'm glad that we talked about this today. You helped me and I'm gonna um, employ some of this. That's cool. For my well, Teaching lessons. The
1: whole message will be on Sunday. So yes, can I cannot there, wait. For those of you who are listening, if you can, uh, if you can be there, bring somebody with you. I right, this, this is a good word. I'm excited about it. I'm it's excited been, about it's it. It's been too. confirmed now at least twice.
0: I know um, how cool so is that. That's
1: pretty. That's pretty cool.
0: That's like a God nod. Like He's elbowing you.
1: For, well, honestly, you know, when I was when I was um, working on this message and and praying about it on Monday, I was like, okay, God, where 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 am I going? Um this one, you know, the, the, this text it really hit me because I was I was thinking about our new believers. Because we have so many people who yeah. are new believers right now. And um you know the title of the message is The Measure You Use Matters. Uh, and we never even gotten to that in the podcast, so we're gonna yeah. get to that in the message. I don't want to um, spoil it. And, yeah, and I don't want to spoil <laughs> it for people either, but I was thinking, man, like this is something that, that, that applies for everybody, but but Jesus' measurement for things in our life and for why our life matters that kind of like it's completely different from the world and it's completely different from everything the world and culture teaches not just today's culture a culture for all time um has has had this rhythm in it and i'm gonna i'll prove it by using old testament stories like it's been around for a long long time nothing's changed but the kingdom of god is different and so um, the life that we're now called to as followers of Jesus it looks different, and there's some foundational things that that, that we got to grasp, we need to grab a hold of, um, for that to be for that to matter in our lives. So yeah, that's where that that's how I got to it. But again, it's, it's been confirmed at least twice now that this is where this is where I'm supposed to go for Sunday.
0: Well, the thing with your messages is like nine times, I would say nine and a half point seventy two million. <laughs> um, it's always applicable. You're not just like, um, you know what I'm saying? It's, I'm not like coming for a story. Like yeah. it's not story no, I'm just time. Right, right, right. Like I'm like, oh, oh, I got to work on this. It's always something that I need to work on. <laughs> and I, I mean, I, surely I'm not speaking for just myself. I mean, I think yeah. everybody f- feels the same way. And so this, this is going to be really good.
1: Cool. Well, I'm excited about it. Thank you guys for listening.
0: Yes, and if you liked it, send it to a friend who um, either doesn't go to our church or hasn't listened yet. We would love to um, expand our audience and let people hear these awesome messages. I feel like Shane gives a lot of free chicken um, (laughs) in this podcast. So send it to a friend. Thanks for listening.